So my name's Phil, um, and um, I'm part of the um, leadership team here at Jubilee. Um, so it's great to see you, great to see um, some of the new people here this morning. And um, this morning we're going to um, carry on our series, um, The Church Lessons from Antioch, and we're going to push into some of the things that um, Mark and, and Dan for the last two weeks has has been sharing as we've started this year. And um, Dan's four points were that, we, were, that we're gonna look at were, uh, as we go through this series is conviction, community, contribution, and commission. And, um, and this morning, I'm gonna really focus on um, the whole thing about community and commission as we do that together. So Chinasa is going to read God's word to us. So if you've got a Bible and you're following in, your, in, your, in the Bible, it's Acts chapter 11. And we're reading from verses 19 to 21. Okay, I'm reading from the New International Version. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Chinasa. Before I get into um, today's message, I, I just want to make reference to Mark's um, prophetic word at the beginning of the year that we will saw in 24. And um, that has not been my experience so far in, in 2024, but I'm sure we're going to get there um, by God's grace. And, um, you know, this year um, I'm excited for all that God has got for us. And um, that really rests on us pushing into um, God's kingdom and receiving grace, but not, not the leaders receiving grace, not the select few that serve God on a Sunday receiving grace, but us as a whole community receiving grace and power and, and just equipping to go and take the good news of Jesus Christ to a, a lost, hurting dying world and if you don't think that the world out there is lost and broken and dying then I don't know where, where you're living because when I look around the streets of Hull and I look around our communities I just see brokenness I just see desperation and we need Jesus we need Jesus and so as I, as I share this message please just hear my heart that um, if, if I communicate nothing to you today, what I want to say to you is that we're in this together. We're in this together. Dan mentioned every tribe, every nation and every tongue. And it is about us, not only the community here at Jubilee Church, but as, as we partner with brothers and sisters all over the globe, as we, as we come together as we maybe share resources with this church and, and they come and encourage us as, as people come from other nations to bring the gospel, as we go to other places to maybe bring something. It's about this partnering and it's never 
been any different. God intentionally intended that the gospel and his kingdom would advance through each one of us. And if you learn nothing today, that's what I want to say. That's really what I want to say to you today. And before I, I, I really start to unpack, I just want to draw us back to verse 19. And it says, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. And we skip over these words, scattered by persecution, without understanding, because we live in a very safe and very stable society. We don't understand what scattered and persecuted is. We don't understand. And, and, and I pray today that our hearts... And our minds would be open to the fact that many of our brothers and sisters are still persecuted and being scattered today. That we've got people, how many people here from Nigeria? Yeah, Nigeria, gosh, the amount of Christians that have been murdered in Nigeria is ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. You know, there are many, many brothers and sisters today that are going through Real hardship. I mean, can you imagine if I, if we suddenly said to Irene, Irene, right, love, give us your house keys, right? Give us your house keys. You can't go back to where you live, right? You, you, you've, you've got to move to Newcastle because people are coming for you and they're going to murder you because you believe in Jesus. That's what it means. That's what it meant for those people. It meant that they couldn't return to where they, where they lived. They, they left farms, they left jobs, they left families. They left all that they ever, ever knew and they were scattered. But what they took with them was Jesus. All they had was Jesus. They had to leave everything else. All they had was Jesus. And, and I want to tell you that when everything else is stripped away from a human being... When you have Jesus, he's enough. When you have Jesus, he's enough. Um, I've, I've been like, off work for a few weeks. And, um, I've been um, really pushing into what's going on in, in China and Iran. And it's really interesting that the, um, the two, two places where the church is really persecuted and really, really... Um, under pressure where people are being dragged off into prison and tortured and murdered. In those two places, the church is growing at such a rate. It's really growing because they've, they've, they've not got room for apathy. They've not got room for complacency. All they've, all they've got is Jesus. I was watching this documentary where two young ladies in their early 20s from China went off to a place near Sichuan where there were no churches. There were no churches. And they came back six months later to report what had happened. And they said there were hundreds of churches and thousands of believers. Why? Because they realized that all they have is Jesus. And nothing else matters. And this... This life is, is not the destination. 
His life is, is brief and, and fleeting compared to the glory that we will go to, compared to the glory that we will see. You know, many people in, this, in, in our culture, that when things are not going quite right, they, they blame the devil. You know, the devil's doing this to me and the devil's doing that to me and it's an absolute load of rubbish. You know, do you think that persecution, that God was not sovereignly in control? Did you, do you think that God was not aware of what was going to happen? Do you think that God, you know, is, is not able? Because he knows all things. But he allowed it so that the gospel would go forth and so that one day we might receive Jesus. I, my, my whole salvation, it's because Christians like those men and women from Antioch went out in faith under great persecution and shared the gospel. That the gospel was not squashed, it wasn't cut off, it wasn't finished. In fact, the opposite was true. It grew. There's a, there's a real um, problem in the, in, the, in the Western church that many people have watched far too much um, television and televangelists and they believe this um, disgusting health, wealth and prosperity gospel that if you come to Jesus you're going to get a BMW and a million pound in your bank account and, and you're never going to get sick and everything's going to be perfect and people have believed that and so our detriment that we believe that because God doesn't guarantee that in this life you will not have trouble because that's what the Bible says in this life, you'll have trouble. Life, right, God is good, but life is hard. It's the way it is. And if you believe the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, I can guarantee that you're not going to be one of the people that's going off to North Korea to preach the gospel. You're not going to be going off to Somalia, which is second on the list of the most persecuted um, churches in the world. You're not going to be going to those places because you... You, you, you're trying to experience heaven on earth now. And it's not about heaven on earth now. His kingdom will come, but it's not yet come in all of its power. God's kingdom will come. 1 Peter 4, um, Peter writes this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory rests on you. How many of us have that attitude today in this room? How many of us are, um, are willing to put our head above the parapet and and stick our necks out and say, do you know what, I'm following Jesus. I, I follow Jesus. You know, how many of us are undercover, closet Christians at work that we, we, don't, we don't like let people know that we follow Jesus? And it's got to change, folks. The calling on your life is to shine for Jesus, is to promote Jesus, is to love people at all costs and point people towards Christ. 
when I read back through the book of Acts and I, um, Luke, Luke's a, Luke's, Luke who wrote the book of Acts is a, is a great writer. And one of the things that I love as you read through the book of Acts is he's like really encouraging like good news statements. So what I mean is um, like in Acts 2, it, it says, he's explaining all what's happening around um, Jerusalem in Acts 2 and then he says at the end in verse 47 and the Lord added to their number those so the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved and you just like you, you hear that and you think the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved hallelujah and then in Acts 4 but many who heard the message believed so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000 and again, you say hallelujah as you, as you hear that statement. And, the, and in the passage we're reading today, and the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to God. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to God. The kingdom of God advances through ordinary people like me and you. That's how the kingdom of God advances not through special people, not through, because there are no special people. No, I'm not saying that you're not special, right? I'm not saying that. Honestly, Keith, I'm not saying that. You're special. Yeah. You are image bearers of Christ. You are bought at a price. You, you reflect Jesus. You are filled with his spirit if you've received Jesus. That's who you are. You are precious in God's sight. But we are all in the same place. And we're not special because of who we are. We're special because of whom we've received. We serve a very special God who loves us and wants to work powerfully through each one of us. Mother Teresa was an ordinary Albanian lady that was graced by God to do what she did. Every one of us has got a calling on our lives to make a difference, to shine Jesus. And one of the, one of the things that's so regrettable in this world, in Christendom, is that we, um, we look at gifting um, in the church and we are... They're so blinded by gifting that we put people on pedestals. And, and, that, and in doing so, what we're doing is we're just copying the world. We're copying the idolization of pop stars and football players and all these people. And we, we put man on a pedestal and we look at the gifting and we forget about the character. And it's not surprising that we've seen so many Christian leaders fall recently. Because gifting maybe gets you noticed, but it's character. Character. It's character. is everything for a Christian. And, and how, do you, how do you keep character? Well, you keep character by walking together as a community, by, by loving each other as a community, by being accountable, by intimate um, relationships with one another, being open about how, how you are and what struggles you're going through and, and, and not trying to not trying to cover up and hide things, being honest being honest about where you are 
There's diversity in the body, but we're not all the same. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes that beautiful passage about the, the body having many parts. And in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Note, we were all given the one spirit to drink. There is equality in the body of Christ. We are all filled with the Holy Spirit, the same. Therefore, we all have the same capacity to move in God's power as God enables us. And in verse 18, but in fact, God has placed, in, in placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If we're all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, but one body. And in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We've all, as a community, got gifts, things that we do together, and gifts that we rely on. I mean, if I was leading worship, you'd all run for the hills. You know, it'd be like, it would be like carnage. You know, it would be like, it wouldn't be good. You know, there's lots of, I mean, like, I'm, kids work, I would be awful at kids work. You know, I love kids, but, um, you know, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it, you know. Like teenagers, I'm all right with teenagers, but like, you know, literally, it's, whoa, no, I couldn't do that. But people can, can't they? Some people are really good at it. And, and that's what it is, you know, to be the body of Christ. We, we, you know, some of us are good at some things and some of us are good at others. But we work together as a team. But when it comes to sharing the gospel, we're all supposed to do that. We're all commissioned to go and make disciples. We've all got to share Jesus with our neighbors, our friends, and the people around us. It says, you know, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. You've all got to be good news sharers. And, and, and I, want to tell, I just want to tell you, like, you know, if you would have a desire to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and you don't really know how to do it, and you'd like some help, come and see me. It's the one thing that I know how to do. You know? God's gifted me as an evangelist, and, and, and I'd love to pass that on to other people. You know, and, and that goes for anything in the church. You know, if, you, if there's something that you feel like God's calling you to, go and find somebody. If you feel like God's given you a prophetic gift, you know, go and get around Jason and Sue. If you feel like, you know, you, you've got a teaching gift, speak to, speak to Dan about, you know, moving into that teaching gift. Whatever it is that you feel excited about in the body of Christ, move into that. In Acts 2, Joel prophesied in verse 16 and 18. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men dreams. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. See, the Holy Spirit is poured out on everyone, on all. 
you know, sometimes we write ourselves off, don't we? We, you know, we, something goes on in our, in our heads or in our hearts where we, you know, we, I don't know, um, I've made too many mistakes, God couldn't possibly use me or, um, you know, um, I've just got to, just got to focus on living the nice, quiet, Christian life. And the problem with that is that that's not God's intention. God doesn't want you to be quiet about the gospel. God wants you to be out there, front and center, proclaiming Christ. John 16, 7, but I, truly I tell you, it is good that I'm going away. And unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When Jesus was on earth, fully man and fully God, he was one man. Although he was God, he was one man. And his ministry was so short, three years. But when he died on the cross, won that wonderful victory that we now share and walk in. And when he um, rose again and, and then ascended into heaven, he, he told them to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit of Jesus came and filled that 120, 200 people in that upper room. And they spilled out onto the streets. And before long, it wasn't a group of um, 120, 200. It was, it was thousands. And the thousands became tens of thousands. And the tens of thousands became hundreds of thousands. And then they became millions. And across the ages, it became billions of people through that. And so... Jesus pouring out his spirit on us is that we have received the spirit of Jesus. We are supposed to be Jesus Christ to the people of the city of Hull. We're commissioned as a community to go and make a difference. Acts 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Who received power? Everyone. Everyone that was seeking Jesus received power. Who received the Holy Spirit? They received the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If, you, if, if like in a lot of churches, you wait for um, the leaders to, to, to bring about great change in the place where you live, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not saying that. Not saying that. You know, our leaders don't really, really like work hard and want to see the kingdom of God advance. We do. They do. They pray. They they work hard. They, you know, they push. But we have to do it as a community. It's for all of us to share the gospel. It's for all of us to push. Are you ready this morning to receive? from God power so that you will go and be a witness for him in the city of Hull. I want you to think about that as we're <coughs> as we're talking. There's too much reliance on professionals doing the work of sharing the gospel. 
see it, you know, when I go to, when I go to Malawi, you know, sadly, you know, um, it's like, oh, man of God, man of God, you know, they all look to this, like, one man, you know, that's, that's supposedly super special, that's, like, leading the church, and that everybody's sewing into, and, and, and encouraging, and praying for, and they all look to him to do it. And the problem with that is that you've got another three or four hundred people sometimes in that church that are doing absolutely nothing. And that's not, that's not the gospel. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are a body. We are a community. We are a grace-filled, empowered by the Holy Spirit community that is called to go and make a difference, to go and feed the hungry, to go and... Um, share good news, to go and share a cup of water with the thirsty, to go and make a difference wherever we see the opportunity to do that. And you know what? God is um, not sentimental about systems or, or, or religion. You know, I was reflecting on the temple in, in Jerusalem with all of its beautiful gold and architecture and all of that, and God did away with that. He, he got rid of it all. It all had to go. The religion had to go. Systems had to go. Structures had to go. Everything had to go so God could get to the heart of people. It, it all came down. It was all destroyed. AD 72, it was all gone. And you know what? In our time, there's going to be denominations that are going to go extinct. There's going to be, there's going to be churches that were once great in our nation that, that, that don't make it. Because... You know, if they're, if they're preaching a false gospel, if they're not sticking to what God's word says, then he will do away with it. He will do away with it. He will get rid of it because he wants to get to the hearts of the people in our nation and in the nations of the earth. God wants the truth of the gospel to be proclaimed and he will do away with everything in its way so that he can get to the hearts of the people. Our voice is holding up pretty good. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I wonder what you're doing with that mercy. I wonder if you're taking that mercy that you've received just between me and you. I know there's nobody else here. I've done a lot of bad stuff that I needed mercy for. I don't know about you. I needed a lot of mercy. I needed God to do a lot of like, forgiveness in my life. Um, I'm forgiven now because of the grace of Jesus and his death on the cross. But I've received a lot of mercy. Are you showing that mercy to them? 
to the people around you? Or do you forget about it the moment that you're provoked to anger? Or the moment that you are having a bad day and you decide that you, you're going to switch off from showing grace and mercy? We need to show mercy because we receive such great mercy from God. You know, the world changes one person at a time. And um, I was watching um, um, a documentary on, Bill, on, the, on the great Billy Graham. Billy Graham was a, an evangelist that has spoken the gospel to um, more people than any other person in the world ever. And I don't think that will ever be surpassed. Never be surpassed. But what we fail to recognize with Billy Graham's ministry is that all those millions of people that came to listen to him preach were brought by people like me and you. They were all brought by, you know, Keith asking his mate to come along and listen to Billy Graham or, you know, Gemma saying, you know, come on, why don't you come with me and listen to whoever. So it's people bringing people. And that's how Alpha works. You know, we, we run the Alpha course in church where you know, we cook an amazing meal every week and we, we talk through different things but, and we bring people, but it's people bringing people. It's people bringing people and, and anybody can say, why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and see what, what this is about? And I would encourage you as we um, get ready to do Alpha again in April that you think about who are you going to invite to Alpha? That you could say to them, why don't you just come and see? You know, I... I don't know all the answers, right? I've, I've tried living my life without God. I've tried living my life with God. It's tons better. Why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and see what this God is all about? You know, and, the, and, and I'm, right, I'm, I'm not condemning anyone, you know, and I don't mean to, if I've done that this morning, then I'm so sorry. I really apologize. I'm just excited that you go out and share the gospel. But, you know, there are some great stuff happening. I had a story, um, like last week, um, Jane Lister, she's not here today, but, you know, she's telling us that she was in Asda Car Park and um, she saw a mum's neighbour and um, she wound on the window and said, oh, would you like to lift them off to my mum's? And um, this guy said, yeah, yeah, no, it'd be great. Hi, Jane, how are you doing? Gets in the car with her and he says, um, there's something about you. And she said, yeah, it's Jesus. He said, oh, yeah, you've got that Jesus thing going on, haven't you? Tell me, tell me, tell me about how... Um, how you receive Jesus, which is like, it's like, it's what you don't say to Jane, isn't it, you know? So she, she told him exactly how she'd received Jesus and what Jesus had done in her life. You know, they're the opportunities that we all need to take. We need to take these opportunities. Oh, like Andy, Andy Thompson, where's Andy? Andy. You know, I love, I love Andy's, you know, like fairly new to Jubilee, but I love the way that he's just been inviting his, his friends to come and see. Come and, come and see. You know, come and, come and hear or sharing the gospel with people. Or Andres inviting Carl to, at a wedding, you know. What are you doing with that cross, honey? Do you believe in Jesus? Why don't you come and see? You know, that's what we need to be doing. Just come and see. Come and see what difference. Would you all like to stand? And would the band like to come back?
I want to, um, I want to hand, <coughs> I want to hand um, the next few moments over to God and ask him to come and do what only he can do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your power would come. I say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and move amongst us now. Come and bring anointing and equipping. Come and bring the gifts of healing, words of knowledge, prophecy. Lord, come and bring um, great conviction. Come and bring brokenness and tears for the lost and those in need, Lord God. Come, Lord God, by your power. Come by your power, Lord. Come by your power. That's it, Lord. That's it. Receive that power. Receive Christ. Receive his power to go make a difference in this world. You'll not do it on your own, but you will with him. When you put your hand in his hand, you will make a difference. In East and West and North and the surrounding villages and in the nation and in the nations of the earth, you will make a difference as you go in his name. Lord, more of your power, more of your grace, Lord. More, Lord. More. More. More, Lord.